0: Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Limited Upside Podcast. Uh, Today's podcast, as always, is sponsored by MailChimp. Uh, MailChimp is the world's leading email marketing platform. 12 million people use MailChimp every day to connect to their customers, market their products, and grow their e-commerce businesses, send better email, sell more stuff. And we have a great show for you today. I, I am uh, Ben Epstein, and I was joined by Mike Pina today of uh, Bleacher Report, Vice Sports, Real GM. You can find him on the internet just to Google Mike Pina basketball, and, and he will come up. You'll find him, read his stuff. It was great. Uh, Prada couldn't join us. He's got uh, real-world activities outside of podcasting. So I took this one, uh with Mike Pina it was was a great podcast we talked about the all-star game we just uh, did our reserves we started with snubs in the west we worked our way into the western conference reserves uh, the eastern conference reserves and we just talked like the ethos of all-star game what should it be Um, so it was an interesting good all-around holistic NBA conversation with a guy who knows a lot about hoops Um, but before you go and and listen to this podcast please do uh, a few things uh, for us as always if you could rate review subscribe all those good things on SoundCloud iTunes Stitcher Wherever it is that you're getting your podcast, we really uh, appreciate that. And, and it's awesome when you do that. Uh, and as always, send us those questions. You can send the questions directly to Prada. You can send them at mikeprada at sbnation.com. Also hit us up on Twitter at mikeprada, sbn, at limited underscore upside, and at epiben. Whew. Okay, that was a lot. Now you can sit back and enjoy the Limited Upside podcast. Right, welcome back to the Limited Upside Podcast. I have the unofficial third member of the Limited Upside Podcast, Mike Pina, joining me, just me, Ben, today. No Mike, no Mike Prada, but we do have a Mike Pina. Mike, thanks for coming on, bud.
1: Thanks for having me, Ben. How are you doing?
0: I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm sorry to take you away from this uh, heated rivalry game between uh, Prada's Wizards and, and your uh, beloved Celtics there, man, but I, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to talk all-star game with me. I mean, so we got to do the reserves, right? The reserves, that's, that's all that's left. We know who the starters are. So uh, you seem to have uh, maybe a different opinion. I don't know yet. I have not seen your picks for this. Then then Prade and I put our picks together. I'm going to speak for both of us uh, with the exception of one guy. We'll get to that. So uh, Pina please, by all means, will you start with who did not make it in the Western Conference for you? Everyone always starts with who made it. I want to know who didn't make it in the West and we'll work back from that because I think there's going to be some interesting snubs in the Western Conference.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So just working off kind of the the top talent down to the guys who are deservedly snubbed, I would say. Um, Mm -hmm. Sure. the, The number one snub I would probably say here is rudy gobert who if the season ended today i think he would be the defensive player of the year or i I would vote for him for defensive player of the year he's been tremendous uh his rib protection is seems to be even better than it was last season when he was healthy the year before that the second half of the year before that um and you know his offensive game has really evolved this year where he's become even more efficient he he uh, his ability to catch in traffic and finish has really improved. um and he's got some moves down low now. so i i i I really like the strides that he's made, and it stinks that i uh, <laughs> I'm snubbing him right here.
0: so you are snubbing Rudy Gobert. that
1: is i am, I am snubbing him.
0: I'm only going to point out through these snubs where we have disagreed with you. Uh, we, we like Gobert in the All-Star game. We uh, I should put a disclaimer on this. We did like a full hour uh, and like 10-minute breakdown of all of the All-Stars before anything had been named, before any of the voting had been tallied. Uh, and then the track sounded like shit, so we we scrapped it. And Mike had tweeted about it, and we uh, we are... So this is sort of an amalgam. This is a, a combination of our thoughts that we already have litigated between Prade and I. So... I'm going to say we disagree there. We like Gobert in there for all the reasons that you named. (laughs) Um, But we might have a different snub down the line. So who is is the next snub that you have?
1: Uh, The next one is uh, near and dear to my heart. I'm very sad to say, but Mike Conley, (sighs) who he's never made it. uh, He's one of my favorite players to watch, two-way player. Uh, He's having the best year of his career, even after the neck injury. Uh, but he's, you know, there's just so many good guards, backcourt players in the, in the West this year. It's just, it stinks. But, and, and you know, if he was healthy this whole season, I think he would probably make it for me just because of how successful the Grizzlies have been mm-hmm. this year despite all their injuries. Um, but, yeah, he's uh, sad, sadly a snub.
0: So is it, maybe it'll come down to, because we also have him as a snub, and maybe that'll come down to the fact that maybe two Grizzlies can't be, uh, on the Western Conference team, just as as the voting will will break down, uh, unfortunately, and, and then the selections now in this case uh, for for those uh, reserves. Um, as as you look down the list of uh, guards who were on the final, uh, um, you know, on the on the cusp of being there, uh, who maybe you have on your team, who was that maybe player who you see right next to him who got the nod?
1: Well, there's Clay Thompson. Okay. Uh, who. He's just—I mean—he had the real slow start to the year that really hurt his his three-point shooting numbers. But I mean, I—he's—he's I, he's just flames. Like every time he lets it go, when I watch <laughs> him play basketball, I think it's going in. Same. Almost even more so than Steph. Like something about Clay where his just his form is so consistent. His mechanics are like pitch perfect. Um, you can't really go wrong with him, and he's also a two-way player, so you can't really knock his defense and. You know, if if ever there was a team that deserved four All-Stars, I think it's this this Warriors group. Right,
0: and it's happened before. I mean, we should say, like, the Pistons have done this. The, the Hawks have done this recently, right? So Yeah,
1: the, the Celtics did it. Yeah,
0: Celtics did it. So there's, there's you know, precedent for this. It's just tough. The the West has so many unique players that need to be on the court. Like, Anthony Davis has to play uh, in this game, and unfortunately that might be at the behest of, like, a, a Draymond. But we'll see because we have him in, uh, on the team. Um Let's go to the next player before we get stuck in this. Uh, who is the next big snub that you have?
1: CJ McCollum mm. and I. Uh, man, it was so tough because I, I I went to the uh, Celtics Trailblazers game over the weekend, <laughs> and McCollum was. I mean, I watch I watch a fair amount of Trailblazers, not too much, but sure. I did not expect to see him go off in the manner that he did. Just the types of shots he was hitting uh you know leaners uh like pull up threes that are contested uh he was unstoppable and you know the the defense is an issue the playmaking is a little bit of an issue uh the fact that in that particular game uh isaiah thomas was guarding him because avery, avery bradley was hurt uh mm-hmm. that <laughs> that That's certainly right. helped a little bit but i mean yeah that'll help anyone's stats of course yes, yes yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but he's shooting over forty percent from deep, um uh, averaging like twenty two twenty three a night he's phenomenal phenomenal yeah, basketball yeah. player
0: yeah it's it's weird. I feel like potentially Lillard and McCollum, who uh, are both snubs of ours, which you know feels a little weird but but I feel like one of them will end up getting to play because another player might be hurt who we have in um in Chris Paul, but uh, I feel like both of them might just be, you know, victims or uh, the reason for, in different ways, the the you know the issues with Portland, even though they are major parts of the you know the successes and you know, reason they're good. So it's a, it's a really weird dichotomy kind of at play there, because I think McCollum's having statistically a great year, um, and. You know, I happened to watch a pretty mediocre game of his. He had one good quarter against the Sixers the other night, and he had a bunch of family and friends in attendance. The second year in a row he's played pretty poorly in Philadelphia with like 90-plus people there, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, he's he's got great offensive game. He doesn't waste much movement. I feel like he has a super mature game for a really young guy, um, and he kind of has like every shot from every part of the court, mid-range, obviously a good three-point shooter too. Um so yeah, he's a snub of ours uh, as well, and I'll just get right to it. We also have Lillard being snubbed, um, but I have I have <laughs> I have Lillard um, then representing uh, Chris Paul, uh, and I don't actually in my list have Clay, uh, but but uh, Mike does. So that is a difference of ours.
1: I have Lillard replacing Chris Paul as well. Okay, and so I, P- yeah, I
0: agree. I like that.
1: Yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice. It lines up. Lines up perfectly. Um, yeah, that was uh, that guard position, like that. Who's whoever replaces Paul? I think it's really interesting. I I, I kind of deep down hope that um, Commissioner Silver. I think Commissioner Silver will be the one who makes the the replacement selection. I believe, and you know, I kind of deep down hope that he picks Conley. But I don't think sure. I don't think he will. I think yeah, I think Lillard's having the best year of his career, and even though, as you just mentioned, the Portland Trail Blazers have kind of. Um, fallen off especially in the defensive end and they may not even make the playoffs this year which is obviously problematic but he's he's just uh he's a flamethrower
0: so let me get a quick a quick uh um aside here let's just have a side conversation real quick are you somebody who and this is important to me i don't necessarily fall on either side of it but i think it's a very interesting debate the minutes questions the am i on a good team or bad team all these little things that are Uh, sometimes completely out of the player's hands in a lot of ways, right? Like attributing the downfall of, um, I want to think of a a really good example here, but like the Pacers are mediocre. Paul George is, you know, there are people who are still skeptical maybe of his superstardom, even though I think he's a great player. It's not necessarily that they're a mediocre team because, uh, because, Paul George isn't a great player, right? So this separating the team and the player component and then what a general manager or, or a franchise has in store for a player in terms of minutes restrictions or back-to-back games. Like, I feel like you kind of have to, and this is my opinion because obviously I'm partial to the Embiid situation here, but like we live in no, an age where you no. oh, yeah, I mean, you know, I've just done a podcast here on Limited Upside. We devoted like an hour to it. But uh, anyhow, it was last, last podcast. So everyone check it out. Um, but uh, is that like... We live in a day and age where you can quantify a, per, a guy's value like per possession, per per minute, all these things. So that being said, like, come on, let's not. We don't need to look at the wins and loss record of the pitcher now to know how good he is. Like, this is not necessarily something that needs to be over scrutinized for the sake of an All Star game. Uh, and then the second part of it is that. I don't think players should have uh, be incentivized with all star games and first teams and second teams and all that stuff. I think things that are out of their hands for voting purposes should not incentivize uh, their contracts. You could throw that last thing part away, but where do you fall in the all star voting? Is that the theme uh, of this podcast?
1: Yeah, I think like a few years ago when I was first starting to you know cover the league full time, I I definitely sided one hundred percent with I did not care at all about how the teams performed because I thought that you could as you said i think you can analyze players um using context using you know their ability uh if they're in a, a crappy situation where they don't have spacing are they persevering despite it is that the reason why they're struggling um you know it's a team game if a team is bad i'm not going to just penalize one player for it that being said as i've kind of gone on over the years i i've I've kind of used team success as only in the, in the, in the issue of whether or not the, if two players are even or very close, I'll use the team performance to kind of split hairs. Okay. And I think it, it does matter a little bit. Um, I think it, it, the way I viewed it is, is the value of being on a winning team has been slightly more... Uh, uh enlarged in my brain just when I'm making these picks sure, um, sure. recently that. than in, in than in years past. Okay. But I'm 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 totally with you with regards to I don't dismiss anybody because they're on a bad team.
0: Cool. And I like and like I think part of that is like I'll listen to a, a Jeff Van Gundy you know, just kind of like, I can't tell if he's sarcastic or if he's truly just like that venomous towards the idea of putting a player from a bad team in the All-Star game. I almost think he's sarcastic, but I can't tell at this point. It's like it's he's so over the top with like, of course he can't have that guy. That team's <laughs> terrible. Like, he, but he's putting up, you know, 55, 15, and 20. Ah, but the team's terrible. You know, it's like, all right, so maybe it's a little shtick at this point. But I, I do think there's something to be said for for the um importance of minutes that you're playing in terms of uh, is it a close game because you're on a good team and you're playing more close games uh you know like the Sixers have not had a point differential and we'll get to Embiid in the East in a little bit but like just as a quick analogy like within like 10 points uh uh, you know in per game difference right so they're getting blown up by double digits every game for the last three years now it's like in that four range. And recently it's been closer to winning almost in a negative sense, you know, that is negative four. Um, but like, as the games are tighter, you realize the importance of playing big minutes for big players. Um, and so maybe there's some extra value to that that maybe I will learn to concede as I start to cover the game more like you, Mike Pina. Um, (laughs) but all right, are we missing any snubs right now? Um,
1: I guess in the West, the only other one I I just want to shout out, Mm -hmm. um, is Eric Gordon. From the Rockets, oh, nice. okay, and I think he's the probably the best six man in the, in the NBA right now. He's exactly what the Rockets need to have needed for the last few seasons with Harden, just kind of like a supplementary ball handler who can create pick and rolls, uh, score by himself, space the floor. Uh, he's been huge, and he's been. Uh, really, he's had a lot of success in Mike D'Antoni's system. I I, I kind of foresaw that when they signed him. I thought it made a lot of sense if he stayed healthy, which I thought he would just because he was out of New Orleans. Um, I just think that he needed a new setting and, and a change of scenery, and it's been really good for him. Now, I don't think he will make it or deserves to, but I just think he's having a tremendous season. And If, like, three other people got hurt tomorrow... He he would make it, so that's pretty
0: cool. Man, that's sort of like a vote, so nice good work for you, uh, Eric Gordon. And I he has had a great year. No doubt about it. Some other snubs that we kind of wanted to mention were because uh, we don't have Hayward making it. Um we don't have the Marcus Aldridge. We hit uh McCullough and McConnelly. Okay, so those are our, those are our snubs. And uh and Hayward, uh, you know, was real close for me. It was it was really a Hayward Go Bear thing. We need to have one of the two best players in the Utah Jazz represented because they deserve it. So with that being said, I think it's a pretty uniform Western Conference reserves then if we've already discussed who we have. We'll both have Westbrook in there, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> cool. So we can cross off Russ Westbrook. We uh we don't need to, to go over that whole thing again. He should be starting. He's... In my opinion, he's having a historic year and the opportunity for the, you know, the three guys to get together again was was too good not to have happen. So it's, it'll happen at some point in the game, I'm sure. Force fed to them. Or Russell, Russ will tell Kerr like, uh, no, right? Like, I'm not, don't do that to me.
1: I don't, yeah, I don't, it'll be I, interesting. I don't know, actually. I'm looking I'm forward to that. It.
0: Yeah, Actually, as we talk about it, I don't know. How that'll play out, so uh, and only because because Russ is an interesting cat, man. Um, so then we have both had Chris Paul, and with uh, I had Lillard replacing you had Lillard replace, replacing him, and uh, Prada had Clay, uh, and then let's see, I think that leaves us with a front court of Marc Gasol, Boogie Cousins, and Draymond Green. I agree
1: on all of those.
0: Okay, with the wild cards as and we have Towns and Rudy Gobert.
1: I have Clay and Gordon Hayward.
0: Ooh, okay, cool. So take me through these, uh, please, please. I, I started to mention Hayward. I think we should we should give him a few minutes.
1: Right, so, I mean, as you said, someone from the Jazz has to be on this team. They're one of the five or six best teams in the league, and they've persevered through injury this whole season. And and including Hayward's. Look at, including Hayward's at the beginning with the broken finger. Um he's just having such a tremendous season and his ability to improve from year to year. um, And just, he doesn't really take anything off the table as an offensive player or a defensive player. He's versatile, super athletic. Um, He's averaging 22, six and three and a half assists per game, which is nuts. And he does it all so efficiently. Um, 46% from the floor, 40% from deep. He gets to the line. I mean, I, as someone who covers the Celtics, I, I I think that they this summer will treat him as their number one target for good reason in free agency. I think he's uh, ready to be kind of a, a closing offensive player more than a a glueish uh, playmaker who sets people up. I think he can uh, take another step and, and evolve even further as a. Uh, a fourth quarter score and someone who would really improve their offense even more than it already is. Um, so, huh. Celtics. I, I'm a, yeah, I'm, a, I'm just a big Hayward guy. I've been yeah. on the bandwagon a couple of years and it would be really cool to see him play in the All Star game. And I, I think last year, honestly, I, I remember I had talked to him about it when he was in LA uh, about, you know, when I was doing a piece on Kobe making the All Star game and asking uh, borderline All Stars how they felt about it. And I could, he was he was saying all the right things, but I could tell he was pretty bummed. And I don't know if he would have been the guy who made it instead of Kobe if Kobe didn't make it because Kobe didn't deserve to make it last year. But <laughs> what um, are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. we don't need to relitigate that whole thing. But yeah, it's uh, <laughs> he's a really talented two way player. And um, nothing against Gobert, I wouldn't I wouldn't be averse to.
0: You think Kobe's just sitting at home like watching Lakers game, and every time they lose, he's just like, yes.
1: That's fist pump. That's fist pump. <laughs> yeah, just that's exactly. like a Kobe
0: fist pump exactly. I, I can I can see it now. Or he's just not watching the Lakers play. That's probably more realistic. I'm gonna be totally yeah, that's yeah, yeah 100% right. <laughs> um,
1: he's in his but, office with JK Rowling posters and Walt Disney <laughs> posters. He's like that.
0: Huge Pixar fan that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh cool. So yeah, we we also uh, we had towns uh, in there. Um you did not have towns?
1: I did not have Towns okay. because, okay, so this kind of, we get to the splitting hairs thing where it's please, like,
0: please.
1: I I think Towns is a tremendous basketball player. I love watching him. Uh, he's on a freaking tear over the last couple of weeks. Uh, but you watch the defensive limitations that he has that, to me at least, were unexpected. I thought he would be a little further along on that end. Uh, I thought he would have picked up. The Tibbs system a little quicker, and I think his his uh, faults as a defender, as an anchor, are a big reason why the Timberwolves have been one of the biggest disappointments in the league. Their defense has struggled all year long, and you can't do that uh, without sturdy backline defense from a guy who plays as many minutes as he does. And I'm not putting it all on him because you know Andrew Wiggins is a bad defender, and Levine is a pretty bad defender, but. I just thought Towns would be better on that end, and I, I got to punish him for the defense.
0: That's fair. And look, he's young; he's going to make many, many All Star games. We, you know, we both uh, we both like his offensive game. We also, I think, one of the things that uh, I think that kind of hurts uh, for us, at least, is with all the guys who are twenty two years old or twenty three years old on that team, or younger. In, in Towns' case. Um, and lack of uh, you know leadership, et cetera he 's having to fill so many voids. we had talked about this in an earlier podcast where we kind of diagnosed we did our our armchair psychology thing on uh, <laughs> on, on Downs because we love doing that here as people who 've never met him. Uh, pray don't that is maybe you have um, so we do that a lot on this podcast and we um we were you know talking about just like how much it how much weight he has to carry for a franchise player immediately at that age, and all of your sidekicks. They're also your age, so there's no one there like saying like this is how to do this, this is how to do that. And they were definitely taking some licks this year. Um, but we still had talents on there. Uh, I think part of that was because I like to give them that pass for being young and having to carry so much uh, of a burden for a franchise that even despite having all those young players who you would think would attract some fans, no one goes to watch Minnesota play. So if there's any Minnesota fans listening to this, please, please. Yeah,
1: it's so sad. Buy some tickets. I don't go watch team. Go play. there, man. Support that team.
0: Yo, tickets are so cheap. I was just looking for fun of it. This is a Bucks reference, but the, the Bradley Center for the Sixers Bucks game was on Martin Luther King Day. That's a primetime game, Embiid versus Giannis. And it was a great game. And you could sit like center court for 50 bucks. And I'm talking center court and yeah, like yes. 13 rows back, man. Like the best seats in the house. And uh, anyhow, I, I thought about making a flight right then and there. Like, Anyhow, so just a thought, and it's still like $190 to get a good seat and see the Nets play. So come on, Barclays Center. Let's do better than that. <laughs> there you go. Um, but uh, that's, that's the West. We, uh, we kind of glossed over uh, Gasol, Cousins, and Draymond, but I think just to, to do the elevator pitch on all three, um, they're all having really good seasons uh, statistically in all their cases and in Gasol and Draymond's cases. Their teams are successful. Draymond's probably, if, if Gobert is your defensive player of the year, uh, or he's not, I should say. It's probably Draymond. And uh, so that uh, alone, plus he's still right around his uh, close to triple-double averages himself, <laughs> all lost in the fray here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so Draymond quietly having a great year. Uh, Marcus Gasol with a, an incredible, again, just like Conley, off these injuries, these guys have come back better, um, adding a whole new dimension to his game as a three-point shooter, which is amazing. Old dogs can learn new tricks, apparently. Uh, and Cousins, despite all of his... Uh, quirks uh is uh, is having a great season um and, and i know that my my good friend kenny out in sacramento would kill me if i didn't put him on my team so uh anything else to add to those three
1: no i would just say that i think boogie is almost like pseudo underrated at this point when yeah. you just like look at his numbers and the, the crap that's around him and <laughs> totally it's such a terrible kidding. situation and he, he is a phenomenal basketball player
0: yeah, yeah, he could be um, the plan B for, for the Celtics potentially.
1: I don't know. Maybe, uh, yeah, yeah, them, maybe um, both of them. Uh, yeah, maybe.
0: <laughs> uh-huh, see, keep that option open. Although I think Isaiah and Boogie might need to be kept uh, coasts apart. Who knows? Uh, I don't know how that friendship or, or lack thereof went. But um,
1: you, you might be right there.
0: Yeah, interesting combination of people. All right, let's hit up a uh, quick break for a word from our sponsor, uh, and then we'll get back with the Eastern Conference.
2: This episode of Limited Upside is brought to you by MailChimp. 12 million people use MailChimp to connect with their customers, market their products, and grow their e-commerce businesses every day. MailChimp has been around since 2001. The company started as a side project funded by various web development jobs, but now they are the world's leading email marketing platform. They send more than a billion emails a day. They democratize technology for small businesses, creating innovative products that empower their customers to grow. When you connect to your store with one of MailChimp's hundreds of e-commerce integrations, you can create targeted campaigns, automate helpful product follow-ups, and send back-in-stock messaging. Learn what your customers are purchasing, and then send them better email. MailChimp will also analyze the purchase history of each customer to make smart, data-driven predictions about what they'll want to buy in the future. It's enterprise-level technology made simple for everyone. Just drag and drop. Sending personalized product recommendations to your customers increases sales in just a few clicks. MailChimp detects purchasing patterns in your e-commerce data and uses them to automatically predict your customers' buying behavior so you can target the right people with the right products. It's MailChimp. Send better email. Sell more stuff.
0: Okay, great. We're back and uh, still joined here by, by Mike Pina. Mike, where are, you, where are you writing these days? Tell me all the spots you're writing real quick before we get into the Eastern Conference.
1: Uh, so I'm covering the Celtics for Bleacher Report. Um, I write a lot for Sports on Earth, RealGM.com, Vice Sports, and uh, that's pretty much the bulk of it.
0: Nice, nice, nice. So you can basically find Mike Pina. Just just Google Mike Pina basketball and you'll get a, a deluge of, of great NBA content, so so do that, and uh, and I think there is an interesting place to start for our Eastern Conference talk here. We were looking over our notes before this, and, and we have Prada's picks in front of us, and uh, Mike Prada, ye of so much basketball knowledge, has Dwight Howard as one of his front court picks, in the face of my man Joel Embiid again, who I have on there, and and I want to first. I don't even want to know if you have Dwight on your team or if you have Joel on your team. I need you to make the argument for Prada because he's not here to argue for himself. So Mike Pina, please, please, please argue for Dwight Howard on behalf of Mike Prada.
1: Okay, so... (laughs) uh, The first thing I would say that stands out for why Dwight deserves to be an All-Star is you can make the case that he is the best rebounder in the league this season. And that is a huge deal especially because he was signed by the Atlanta Hawks to rebound. That's like the number one thing that they needed coming into the season. Uh, they needed help on the, the offensive glass especially, and he's provided that. He leads the NBA in offensive rebounding, and he's been uh, huge in, in, the, in the paint. Um, now, his offensive numbers... Are you know his true shooting percentage is up there as as high as it's ever been? Uh, he's he's finishing around the basket. Um, and and what I will say is he's had a difficult time, uh, kind of meshing with uh, Dennis Schroeder, and those two have really not clicked uh, this season. Uh, You know, it's gotten better of late, I think. But, you know, their timing in the pick and roll is off. Uh, Dwight would duck in, call for the ball, not get it, pout for the next three or four possessions. And you watch him and you kind of feel for him. And, and it, it cause, you know, Schroeder's a very young point guard learning and how Schroeder, to run an NBA offense.
0: And he goes too fast, too. A lot of times he mm-hmm. doesn't wait for his screens, and that throws off the entirety of the rest of the play's motion.
1: 100%. So, yeah, and, and he, he looks for his own offense a lot. So, um, it's a, he's a frustrating player to play with, I would imagine, for Dwight. And he still, but he still brought it um, in terms of attacking, missed shots uh, on the glass. So that would be that would be my, my argument for why Dwight Howard is an all star this season. And the Atlanta Hawks are are, are a good yes, team.
0: and they get a little bump for being for being a better team and him being a part of it. So uh, let's start right there with that inflection point. Do you have Dwight on your team?
1: I do not.
2: <laughs>
0: okay, cool. So, so let's start with the front court because it's probably a little bit more in question than the uh, the back court in the East. Uh, who do you have for your front court in the East?
1: I have Kevin Love, um, who's having his best year I think since he joined the Cavaliers. He looks incredibly comfortable. Um, might be the best stretch for in the league just in terms of all the other things he provides. Um, yeah, so, I there, think yeah. he's a lock. Yeah, he's a lock. I think. Uh, I have Dwight's teammate, Paul Millsap, uh, who is third in defensive real plus minus, And the Hawks are atrocious when he's on the bench and pretty good when he's on the court. Um, so I threw him on here because Atlanta is deserving of at least uh, one participant, I believe.
0: And who doesn't want to see some, some mid-range bank shots in an all-star game, you know?
1: It's so yeah. It's so attractive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that's got to give the people what they want. That's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then uh, my third front court player is Paul George, and Paul George uh, heading into the season, I thought he was the second best player in the Eastern Conference, and he has definitely not been the second best player in the Eastern Conference this year. And you know, some of those, uh, some of the reasons why I think are because of the the team and the personnel that uh, Larry Bird has surrounded him with. and he's almost exclusively a small forward. He doesn't get to play the four. So you know the spacing around him is cramped. He's not getting to the basket nearly as much as he used to. He's not getting to the free throw line nearly as often. Um, and you know his it's just kind of been a bummer of a year in Indiana and you hear his comments in the media about just not being happy and but he's still you know he's still an all-star because he's a yeah. great player
0: yeah he's still better than than a lot of other players in, in the east um he's having a decent enough year I agree um I also I also think that the system itself um, he was sort of the system uh, that Vogel built was sort of built around his skills um, and this is not the case with Mcmillan so it's it's sort of adjustment to. Uh, phase two. There's a lot of new coaches. I should say this too. It's interesting. There's a lot of new coaches around the league whose stars have had interesting ebbs and flows. Um, Even um, I'm trying to think about like the Wizards are a much better team at the moment because they're finally learning the system that's new. Um, The Rockets picked it up right from the beginning of the season. D'Antoni's system might be uh, easier on the, uh, you know, easier to learn. I don't know. But um, you know know what I'm saying? How there's a lot of players whose star power has been affected by their their new coaching uh, in the first half of the year. Um, So let's see. I also have Paul George, and I have Joel Embiid in my front court. Um, I just, you know, I think he's been the best center in the Eastern Conference uh, this season, and I think that uh, <clears throat> the idea that the center position was like gone, and and, and now it's just like uh, all hybrid fours and threes are playing po- power forward now, and, and you know it, it, that may have been. Uh that story may have been written a little prematurely. Uh, I know there's like a, a ton of centers that are all really good and they can all really play and now there should be the center position in the All Star game again. So I'm gonna give a spot in the front court to the best center uh in the Eastern Conference, not just on like a per minute basis, but if you watch the games like he I'm sure you watched the Sixers Celtics game up in Boston. You may have even been there. Uh, you know, that was a great game and the Sixers looked like a competent playoff team in that game, but they're not a competent playoff team yet. They can look like it because of him, um, and I'm sure I don't know where you stand on him, but I have him as my front court and my wild cards. Uh, I have Isaiah Thomas and I have I have Millsap as well. Um, whereas Prada had Isaiah Thomas and Kemba Walker.
1: Okay, yeah, um, my wild cards are John Wall and Embiid, and so I'm I'm right oh, with you word up, with word up. Joel Embiid. I think he's I. Think he is the best center in the Eastern Conference. I did see him in person, and it was the most you know short of Westbrook. I think his, I think Embiid's performance was the most memorable so far at the Garden this year. Huh, it was, wow. it was, it's incredible to watch that dude up close. He is, he looks just so like the word unstoppable. is he, like, Yeah, when he when he puts it all together, like in two years. I just don't know how anyone like foul trouble. That's the only way. <laughs> it, but he's foul trouble in sure. health.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, for him, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I, 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 he's a freak. He's. I don't even know what else to say about him. I did not expect his defense to be as good as it is this early. Yeah, he's
0: he's a savant at defense. It's kind of it's kind of scary. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, and he's just he's so huge. He moves like a cat. Like he had the. Uh, I was listening to your Sixers pod uh, that you guys recorded a couple of days ago, and and the one thing that uh, really I, I totally agree with is just that he hits the ground way uh, too yeah. too frequently, and yeah. it makes you like catch your breath, like you just pray. <laughs> it's like, dude, you don't need to do that so often. But I hope um, we're talking to him.
0: I hope that I hope that these are things that are being told to him on like a more not listen to me and try to do this, but like Joel, you have to do this. Like you're seven feet two, seven foot three whatever they, you know, tall you are, every time you hit the ground, that's an impact on your body. And if you want to play this game for more than one season and for more than 28 minutes a game for half a season, uh, you're going to have to stop hitting the ground. I mean, there's no, no big men in the league who hit the ground half as much. And that's what scares me. Unless they're like an Ilyasova and they're falling to the ground at all times, you know, like a, like a feather. Um, <laughs> he's, he's unbelievable at getting in front of people and falling over. It's Dunleavy-esque. Um, and I guess I was remiss there, and I missed my guard selections, but I had Lowry and Wall as my guards, so I didn't miss John Wall or Lowry. I, Lowry should be starting. He's significantly more important to the Raptors' uh, operation than DeMar, and he's having arguably as good, if not better, a season. But I do think DeMar DeRozan uh, would be an all-star uh, either way, so good for him. Um, so that's that's sort of my, my guard situation.
1: Yeah, I agree. I was, I was actually a little stunned, even though I have Lowry... I have Lowry and Thomas as my reserve guards, and uh, yeah, I was a little stunned, to be honest, that Lowry wasn't the starter, wasn't a starter. Because, I mean, I I get the you know, DeMar DeRozan is much more of a you know, he scores the points, he has the high usage, Uh, he's the flashier player. Uh, But Lowry is, I mean, he conducts everything, he plays defense. Um, Been lethal. The emotion,
0: three, like, this
1: he, oh my goodness, his three-point yeah. shooting this year is out of this world. And exactly. I just didn't understand that at all, especially from the players. The player vote—it's like, yeah. So what it are you guys was- watching?
0: Let's let's uh let's adjust to that. So those are our teams. Uh, you know the East is is relatively self-explanatory. I thought the starters, uh, in both you know in both conferences were relatively um, obvious as well. With maybe the exception of Westbrook, should have probably started in, in my opinion. Maybe yours as well over Steph. But but other than that, there's really not too much. Uh, maybe that DeRozan Lowry swap as well. But a lot of these guys are pretty obvious this season. But I want to get your thoughts on uh, the process to get to where we are right now. Let's just do like a five minute quick talk about this because it's been it's been controversial, but also um, something that people are not been have not been afraid to to, to talk about. Um, I'm trying to think who was the coach who came out and said it was a, a disgrace cur who said that uh, that the players were disgraceful in their vote.
1: <laughs> I, I Was it not Van Gundy? It might have been. I don't know. I don't know who who used the word disgraceful. I yeah,
0: did not. maybe it was. I think it was Kerr or someone used it. You know, they were negligent in their vote or something. Just like that, they they threw it away. You know, he's like a hundred. He referenced the hundred and whatever twenty some people who did not vote for LeBron or one hundred and forty people who didn't vote for LeBron. One hundred twenty people who didn't vote for KD, and it was like, come on, like that, that should be obvious to anybody who has the ability to vote for an All Star should have those two on their teams, right? Among yeah, many was, other yeah, players.
1: It was Kerr. He called it uh, a, a mockery. A mockery, sure. That's close enough
0: to disgraceful. Um, yeah. A mockery. And and like I think that's pretty powerful. And look, he could be going to bat for some of his players, potentially, who he thought should have been starting or defending his players in some regards. I don't know, but... Um, even even so like he played the game he still has a powerful voice as an ex player a champion etc as well as a a champion coach and one of the best in the league and so you see that that type of opinion coming immediately after is is interesting because he's pretty methodical uh, usually measured in in what he says and how he says it um so uh, you know obviously we need to have popovich weigh in for the final say but but um
1: no yeah <laughs> yeah of course but no i i, I agree i mean if players are going to have a vote, they should take it seriously. And uh, Gerald Green for the Celtics did not even know that he had a vote, and he did not vote. <laughs> so it's like it's 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 kind of like, what is this process? How is it being uh, communicated to the players? do they are they aware of it? Like, right. are they serious? And I wish they and it's also like, Players voting for teammates. So like Isaiah Thomas yes. voted the Boston Celtics starting lineup <laughs> as That's for right. for his East, and it's like, I guess so, but <laughs> you know you don't believe that. <laughs> like, yeah, no, like, no one believe. Of course not, man. Amir yeah. Johnson, like, come on.
0: Right, which is like point and case why there should be no incentives tied to things like this, and you know, and and one of the other. Not just that, but like one of the other really big things I have is we need to decide if this is exhibition. So we want to see Towns and Embiid play and give the fans what they want. Uh, in Embiid's case, because he would have been a starting frontcourt player. Um, shout out to the entire Sixer social media sphere, which is just a powerful machine these days. Kind of, kind of wild. Uh, Pina, I know you've gotten caught up in that grind a couple times. Um, I, I have indeed. As a Celtics, uh, fan and, and, and writer. Uh, um, so, uh, uh, that's interesting. Uh, but, uh, so, you know, that's one way you can look at the game. And the other is as this, um, the most deserving players from the most qualified people's perspective. And like, that's totally different. That's just a very different thing. Um, Players don't have the opportunity to watch every other player. They may have played against some of each other or some of the competition, right? Some of the pool, but that doesn't necessarily make them qualified. They're not watching film. They're not following that real plus minus figure that you are in a lot of cases. And like Gerald Green didn't know he had his own vote, right? So like there's a myriad <laughs> of reasons why we can get to that part of the, you know, of the maybe they shouldn't be or, or, or if they are, they should take it more seriously. And then the other part is writers have their own agendas, too, for their guys and their relationships. So that's always going to be part of the deal, too. And then the fans, ultimately, it's, you know, if you're going to make it the, the best one, the most qualified vote, and this was not an original thought, or organic thought of mine, but someone had tweeted out. I forget who it was. I wish I could give him credit. They should just go back to the, the you know ballots where you punch the holes at the games because those are fans who are at the game. That's the most qualified of the fan vote, right? So that's that would be my opinion. Go back to that.
1: I like that a lot. I didn't even think of that. That's yeah. Cause <laughs> the, I, I don't like the fan. I did. I don't like the fan vote because of the, the Zaza thing. I'm not, yeah. it's like the bat. It's a battle between, uh, you know, the all-star game is supposed to be fun versus serious where yes. you yes. want to reward people who deserve to go to new Orleans and be celebrated for their play mm-hmm. through the first 40 odd games of the season. And that's a big deal for a lot of these guys. And uh, so I, I, I don't think that it's – me personally, I want to see more of the latter. I want to see the talented players who deserve to be there go there. Um, but I kind of also agree with a point that I heard Jeff Van Gundy make where it's like, like we don't need an actual game because <laughs> like the, the actual game is kind of stupid. Um that's so true. But just have like a I don't know, like a ceremony, like a night and then like give everyone a week off. I think that's what everybody wants. But right. keep the dunk contest. Keep the dunk contest. Of, course, of that's, course. That's my favorite thing in the world. Or you
0: could just expand the teams and play like 4 5 or 5 quarters or whatever. Like some scrimmage style stuff where you just switch the teams up and like you get the fans can vote at the game who they want to play on the same teams. Like you can have fun with this stuff. It's basketball. This isn't like Something stupid, like a sport where you can get violently hurt even in an exhibition, like, I don't know, the Pro Bowl or something dumb like that. Like, your Achilles will pop in an exhibition football game the same way it will in a real football game. Um, I guess the same goes for basketball, but other than the Achilles injury and stuff like that. But uh, the point I'm making though is the all-star game can be a lot of things that it's not. But I'm totally fine with it being the latter, like I mentioned, like you agree with there, that it's the most qualified of the very good players. I'm also fine with showcasing the young talent that you want to uh, you know that you want to dunk and run up and down the court who will really really value the weekend um, there's lots of different you know I don't know that it means as much to Carmelo anymore to be a part of this team if he were to be named uh, as a reserve as it would to a-, a Hayward you know and so those are in the western conference so these are just like little things um, that you and I will not be making the decision uh, on but this was a lot of fun talking all star picks man maybe uh, the next time the Prada can't make it peanut works just as well. It's like I'm talking to another NBA uh, expert or something. So we appreciate you coming on, man.
1: I am a candle to my British son. I, I, wanna, I will not take that praise. But thank you. <laughs>
0: Yes, well, I'm hopefully to this whole podcast, so can get to the end here where we compliment him and we tell him that we, you know, we miss him and that uh, you know he'll be on the next podcast. Mike's fine; he's just uh, he's moving and whatnot, so he'll be on the next podcast. Uh, and again, I'm sure Pina will be on many, many more times this season as he's the unofficial third member of the Limited Upside Podcast. Pina, what uh what uh, what else can we find? You write anything? Uh, working on anything that we can look out for? Anybody who listens to this podcast, I'm sure you can you can listen to Mike's podcast too. Tell them about that.
1: Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm actually, we just, me and a couple other Celtics guys started our own podcast. It's called The, uh, the Big Three Podcast, um, and coming up with a name for a podcast is very difficult. I'll just say that at the top. Very, <laughs> very, very difficult. Um, but yeah, so we talk Celtics, but we also talk general NBA. Um, I think we have an All-Star Reserves, our own All-Star Reserves pod coming out. Uh, this week Uh, so subscribe to that would be would be wonderful give it a listen review rate all that good stuff right after right after you you do that with the uh, limited upside of course yeah
0: Boom, man. You could actually be the co is, man. You're on, yeah, you got two podcasts. So that's, that's, that's great. Um, no, I would uh, No, we I would always appreciate you coming on. And if you, uh, if you ever want to, a big three is a, it's a solid name. If you ever want to go with three guys, one microphone, I think you're going to get a lot of play with that. So go with that too. Um, <laughs> As I just sit here and spit out uh, podcast names, we came up with Limited Upside in like 25 minutes. Everything was very hastily done, and we used to record in a, in a little phone room in our old office. It was, it was terrible. Into our computer. Uh, but Mike has a professional. Pina has a professional podcast, much like this one is now. So go check it out, everybody. Uh, and until next time, this is a Limited Upside podcast.
2: Integrate and connect your store with MailChimp in order to personalize and automate your marketing. Visit MailChimp.com to learn more.